Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Today, I'm on the hot seat at the Healthy Dose of Controversy show with Zayed and Leslie. They are graduate students over at Keck University in Claremont. In today's talk, they want to understand, is chiropractic quackery? Is it a real profession? Are we real doctors and things like that? So in our talk today, some of the highlights is we go over the science of chiropractic and also the philosophy and how it relates to overall healthcare as a certified doctor of chiropractic. We talk about our ethical boundaries as chiropractors. Also talk about our number one job as chiropractors with our patients to educate them. As a doctor of chiropractic, education is as first priority versus the treatment. Also talk about, too, the difference of chiropractic and medicine, how medicine kills people with their medications versus with chiropractic care, it's very, very, very rare. Like, I think it's like one in 10 million people die from chiropractic. Also talk about really understanding how chiropractic is safe, how in my situation and in, in my explanation, how I explain how it can be safe, sometimes how it cannot be safe. Also, I'll talk about too is how do we make the reputation of chiropractic in society better? And I understand, and I gave them my two cents of what I think would work with my 20 plus now years of experience, 20 plus years of experience um, over this period of time. So, I hope you enjoyed the talk, my friends. Zayed and Leslie are very, very smart. They do a very good job setting up the show. So, I hope you listen, understand how chiropractic works. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you next week. All right. So, first of all, Dr. Rakovic, we really appreciate the time that you took out of your schedule just to come down here, speak with us. Really appreciate it, and again, we know that you're a busy guy. You have a lot of uh, patients that you treat, so thanks for doing this. Of course, what do we need? So, first thing we wanted to really touch on is just chiropractic in and of itself, because you know mm -hmm. it tends to really be categorized in a lot of different ways, and I think there's a lot of confusion. So, there are a lot of terms like you know complementary, alternative, because of its origins. So, sure. very briefly, you know it's practiced in bone setting, vitalism. Uh, some kind of spiritual inspiration, rationalism, and we'll provide uh, things in the description that'll kind of describe what all of that is. But yeah, to make to make it short and sweet, basically the concepts obviously they've evolved since then, but it seems like a lot of chiropractors operate under the assumption that you know the spine and the health they're fundamentally and inextricably linked. Yes, and it's a neurally mediated relationship, obviously. So would you agree with that? And if so can you maybe like fill me in on what I might be missing from that? Well, a lot of it's the history of chiropractic. Remember, it started in 1895 by D.D. Palmer, and he wasn't the first bone setter in the world. There's been, been bone setters in the, chi in the Chinese, uh, if you want to call it, region of the world for thousands of years. It's, he was able to identify it as a form of medicine in the U.S. back then when medicine was still, if you want to call it, the only thing out there when you talk to the medical profession. So they were going against that field with no real physical evidence or scientifically proven evidence. Even, even medicine back then wasn't really scientific proven. It was just if you had the people saying the right thing, it was considered truth. So they found enough people to follow the chiropractic cult back in 1895. And then his son, B.J. Palmer, was the one that actually developed the science behind it to test it and retest and use a scientific method to prove this adjustment does this. This adjustment does this. And over time, as you improved our technology, we started learning how to test nerves how to test body motion, how to test how the body works together, how do we test muscle contraction and nerve function and measure, if you want to call it millivolts, how the nerves work. So the, so the chiropractic profession has developed and, and evolved over time 
to become a healthcare professional sense where it can, it can be proven scientifically and a reliable valid testing that when you have a certain curve in the body, the body works more efficiently. When you adjust the spine, the nerves are affected in a positive manner to become more of an optimal level of millivoltage so the body can function. The result of that body functioning at a more less stressed state, the more higher functioning state. Okay. So it has evolved per se, just yes. maybe not in the traditional ways that a lot of people have thought in terms of just, you know, push on this area, you might see minor health improvements. You might give a chance of fixing something. No, it's, and again, there's always, everyone's body's different, correct? You take out the anatomy, you take out the human body, break it down from the skin and the bones, everyone's body does not fit the book. Okay, exactly. so look at that point, okay, if someone's fit the book, I may, this main nerve may not affect the C4, C5 area, that C5, C4 uh, area may not go down to this forearm muscle or the thumb, but in some people's it does, let's see how the body responds to that. Okay. So it's okay, understanding physiology and how your body responds is going to be different, again, based on also too, the body's stressors in its lifetime. If you're 10 years old, you've only had 10 years of stress in your body, if you're 6 years old, Again, there's more injuries, more trauma, even surgeries you have to look for that can be red flags that may not have fit the book perspective. Okay, gotcha. That's the big picture. Yeah, and in your podcast, mm -hmm. and as a person who's also shattered you, you seem to have like a traditional mix of thoughts and approaches for your own chiropractic viewpoint. Mm -hmm. In your own, I guess, view, can you tell us a little bit about your current like mix of chiropractic practice and it. compare it to, let's say, your other colleagues. And, and what I do in our office, Dr. Weaver, my, my partner, I've been for about I've been 20 years, about 27 years now, it was makes more of a family practice, if you want to call orientation. It's about the patient care. We don't use big words like subluxation or neuropathy, things like that. People, What happens with normal people that have a normal day, normal job, normal family, goes right over their head. So why not communicate with them the way they like to communicate? Talk about what they want to talk about in their language. At that point, use their verbiage, their, their grammar, so they communicate in the same level. So we use words that they use, such as I have nerve pain, I have back pain. I have sometimes it's called sciatica, which is nerve pain down the leg. They'll say sciatica. So they use that for a couple of visits. And, and kind of get them to go to our language over time so they see the benefit. We want, in anything, any profession, I'm going to say, is when you're in healthcare, can you communicate with your patients at their level so they understand and then they trust you to help them get better? Okay, I definitely love that. Again, I've heard that in your podcast, mm -hmm. the way that it's very accessible, it's super easy to understand. I mean, even if you don't have a background in anatomy, yes. anything like that, I mean, you could definitely pick it up. And again, the link to his podcast is going to be in the description. Good. So, let me get to that. It's, Keep thinking someone else, people understand how, how they come in going in their mind, they may have back pain, neck pain, headaches, whatever it is too. They want to come in, especially first time chiropractic patient, how can this doctor help me? I don't care what they say, it's I want, to under, I want them to understand how I'm going to help them with their problem, but also over time give them the evidence why. That's why in our we have actually we take. We give them the scientific evidence as much as we can with that MRI exactly what the problem might be and how we're going to help them get that problem better. Then with treatment, boom, our drug can results almost right away. Okay, gotcha. So, first of all, I appreciate, again, the fact they make it accessible. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it's safe to say that, to put it simply, you emphasize in just the non-surgical, very conservative management whenever possible of anything musculoskeletal, but especially in regards to the spine. True that. So, 
it's safe to assume, I think, because of that, that neck pain, back pain, pretty much your bread and butter. It is, and correlating to that too, is what causes neck pain, back pain. We fix the problem of that pain being more the nervous system. Once we unlock the spine and the adjustment, which is the adjustment is unlocking the spine, then we allow the spine to work better so there's better motion, there's less disc pressure between the bones, then the nerves that fire from that area that control pain, headaches, numbness, tingling, burning, weakness, they get better. The body can feel better from the adjustment. So the movement is just the starting point of the body getting to a healthier state. Okay. Okay. And, you know, talking about all this, it definitely gives off an interdisciplinary vibe. You know, you mm -hmm. incorporate these principles from a lot of different areas. Osteopathy, osteopathy <laughs> allopathy, <works>. chiropractic. <laughs> Tell me about it. But what I'm really curious to know in regards to that is, you know, as someone who's been practicing this since the early 2000s, mm -hmm. can you really give what your take on the issue is with, say, scope of practice? Obviously, it draws on a lot of different techniques, especially in your practice, but, you know, if you want to practice as a chiropractor in the fullest capacity and yet remain within ethical boundaries, what would you say that that scope entails? A lot of it has changed over the years, yes. Okay, it has been, if you want to call it, narrowed in um, as a profession and as a legality of own as being a healthcare practitioner and being a licensed doctor of the states of the United States. Okay, we're nationally uh, licensed for one also, along with osteopath and also medical doctors too, is making it to where it's safe for people. Okay, A lot of it is the way we practice since, uh, you mentioned I practiced early 2000s, decades ago. Okay. For sure. <laughs> a lot of it is we practice in a sense where could we get the patient to feel comfortable in the office, relieve pain, yes, but also improve quality of life. So yes, we're here to relieve back pain, neck pain. Okay, that's our bread and butter, headaches to arm pain, shoulder pain, whatever it might be. But how do you increase someone's quality of life over time so the patient education, the back end is a huge part. I'm never gonna tell a patient, I'm gonna help with their allergies. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna sure. help them give birth easier. <laughs> even, though, even though we treat patients up to a week before they've had their baby. You treat pregnant moms up to a week, even a couple, I, I have a friend, close friend, and his wife, I treated her the morning, uh, the, the late afternoon, and they had the baby that night. Oh, okay, wow. Because of back pain, because of stress to the body. The nervous system is what we control, and our job is can we control the nervous system to make that function better so your body's symptoms, what you feel, gets better. Mm. So okay. that's, that's the correlation of, I'm not going to say I'm going to fix your, your allergies or your liver problem or your kidney problem or make you pass your stones better. But I'm going to say I'm going to help your body function better so at that point your body can function at a relaxed state, okay. a healthy, relaxed state. Okay. So that's communication that has been lost over time. So, so what happens is that, okay, yeah, medically they're saying you can't say this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. You can barely even treat as a chiropractic doctor anymore. But when you correlate it that way, we're nervous system doctors, not just bone crackers. Then you can go that way because you know, now you've justified your adjustment to help the body function at a higher level. Okay. His patients are very happy. I've never seen patients be happier than in his room. We have that drug we put in the vent and just yeah. kind of makes everyone feel better. All <laughs> just, and I think oh, I've, yeah. I've heard you say that you attempt to make your patients be their own doctors. Huge. 
and, and again, education, right? As as healthcare practitioners, our number one job is to educate our patients. Mm-hmm. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why I do my own podcast. I podcast people from all over the world. A lot of this can educate people to make them because they have enough common sense, common knowledge, a way to learn in their body and their mind to give them information. How do I get my body healthy? And how do I stay healthy over time? That may be different for everybody at different ages, at different lifestyles, at different, uh, if you want to call it, even handicaps or injuries too. But can we give them information? Okay, when I have this, I do this. Mm-hmm. And make that repetitive for them so they have a routine so they can self-care their body every day. Everyone's body's different. Everyone's stressors are different from day to day to day. It changes on an hourly, sometimes minute basis. But can we adjust to that? Because now we know in our mind subconsciously, when I when I have this, I do this. It's like driving. I drive. I drove probably ran, ran went through twenty intersections today. Mm-hmm. Up there, red or green, I just drive. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we know in our mind. Yeah, that was. I went because I knew it was green or red. Because in my mind, I've done that over and over and over again. When mm-hmm. you have the routine, that habit, it becomes your normal. That becomes your way to stay healthy. Okay. Not 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 trying to tell people to run through red lights. Just, yeah. just to clarify. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> clarify, clarify. Of course. I mean, even the Hippocratic Oath says, you know, don't prescribe any drug that's going to be overtly harmful. So but, I get where you're coming from. But what happens? You How many people die a day from taking medication the correct way? Oh, okay. get the controversy? That's what it comes down to, right? Of course. Four people die a day from taking medication the right way in the U.S. A day. That's seven days a week. I don't do numbers. It's a lot of numbers. As chiropractors, our job is to keep people as much as they can to learn, help their body stay healthy without medications when they choose to by eating the right way, working their body the right way, moving enough for to take vitamins when they need to. Mm-hmm. So our job is to give an alternative way of medicine so you can stay healthy, which we've learned thousands of years, not just hundreds of years. Oh. Yeah, it seems to play oh. in with like a lot of other people's culture. Like I know yes. as a Latina woman, mm-hmm. a lot of what I've learned in my household is do the very same thing. Yes. And coming into as a first generation student, I then it, they seem to try to flip my own script. And you know, my my elders, my family tends to reject that. But I feel like that coexists with a lot of um, huge it's, traditional standpoints because it works. It has years and decades and hundreds of years of evidence, a sample size that says it worked for my my sister, my aunt, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, and so on. So why wouldn't it work now? Our bodies have not changed physiologically over the last thousands, a thousand years. At that point, why would we, why would we treat our body differently? It, it, it doesn't require medication. We're not ibuprofen deficient. We're not ciproprofen deficient. We're not Viagra deficient, whatever it is. We make our body normal. When you learn how to do it properly, it takes time, yes, energy, time, and education, yes. When you do it on your own, at that point, keep your body healthy. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of functional medicine doctors that they're, they're basically ex-nurses that are tired of the system of telling people you're okay, even though they're, they're leaving with a um, colostomy bag. They're leaving with medications. They're leaving with stuff that their quality of life has not improved. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're, they're functional medicine doctors, clinicians now, because they, these nurses think, I'm tired of telling people they're okay when they're not. And they can learn very easily over time how to get their body healthy so they can get to a healthier state. Gotcha. And I've heard that controversy even that maybe they think that mm-hmm. you're lying or something because nowadays with, like if we do a deep dive into techniques, there's like these overlaps between massage therapy, osteopathy, mm-hmm. and like sometimes people then become more autonomous 
and there's this negative connotation with doing that. And if if I can ask you, what sure. what what would you say to those like negative um, comments towards saying? Uh, I think I've heard people say that even chiropractors tend not to even be considered healthcare providers. I think you have to figure out your health team, and I think when you do that, I love to refer to massage therapist, physical therapist, um, nutritionist, um, even neuropath too, because that's their specialty. I don't have time to do a massage in someone. I have to come home and do a massage with my wife because she needs it for every time, every day. I'm exhausted. As I am. Listen, I'm exhausted. I come home and I'm not going to struggle to massage your shoulders, fine, whatever. <laughs> Beyond that, I like this. Let's up. If you're a specialist, do your specialty. I know a lot of chiropractors that that I don't call it trivialize. They do chiropractic massage. They do acupressure massage with chiropractic. They do blah 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 blah. I'd rather be a master of one and do the education, communicate my patients why, at that point, refer out to someone that's your specialty. See, I work from the inside out. That's my job. I work from the bones out to make the body better. Someone may need muscle therapy, phenomenal. Go see this physical, th or this massage therapist, physical therapist, because they work with that joint. I trust them. They're competent in what they do. So you got to pick the person, not the profession, of how you want to be treated and find ways that you can have in your mind. When I go in to see this clinician, this chiropractor, this acupuncturist, this massage therapist, what in my head is going to help me trust them? To show to me that they're competent at what they do. Okay. And you know, I think something that plays into that mm -hmm. is obviously not just patients being educated, but also other providers being educated across yes. different disciplines. Yes. yes. A lot of it is, is, I saw people coming in from, I had a patient come in last year, she has severe migraines. Mm -hmm. And she goes to the ER maybe once a month because it's just too severe. Get her stuff, whatever she wants to do. She went to, to a San Antonio hospital just down the street. A new nurse told her, what do you do now for therapy for yourself? She goes, well, I see a chiropractor a couple times a week. goes, I see a chiropractor? Why? They can cause a stroke. They can kill you. You know, I've, I've also worked in an emergency yes. unit, and there's like a running joke saying like Huge. anyone who comes in with like a stroke or neck pain is like, oh, it has to. It has to be your chiropractor. It has they to be your chiropractor. Like the results of an adjustment or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't you know. just kill people all day long. No. A lot of it is, yes, there's a risk of being injured, but at that point, you take the risk out by doing the x-rays, doing the exam, doing your clinic, clinical in, uh, consultation to rule those things out. For example, if you go to a medical doctor and you go, I have a headache, what do they do? Give medication right away. Okay. Can the medication have side effects? Yes. Do they walk through all the side effects with you with what you may have? No. There's a risk that you may have, so you try it and see how it goes. There's always a risk. You walk down the street, there's always a risk. But can you take those risks and minimize them based on your competency of the clinician you see? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And I think that really speaks yeah. to not just the types of treatment, but also what's considered uh, cost-effective treatment and also what's considered nationally safe treatment. I want to put quotation marks around that, but you know, one of the things I did want to ask is spinal manipulation, adjustment, however you want to put it, it would you say there are any particular national guidelines that guide its application, or would you say that that's maybe a little bit more flexible? It is flexible in the sense where it's based on the clinician, what they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Realize that chiropractic is an art form also, not just a science, not just if you want to call it a, a treatment. So every artist has their skill they're comfortable with. 
In chiropractic school, you get anywhere from 10 to 15 different techniques you can use, and you decide what's going to work for you, and you work on that art over time, over time, over time. In my practice, we, we uh, base practice style of, of uh, combination of Gonset and Diversified, um, and we use Activator if need be too, so it's based on patient care. And giving yourself enough time to be competent and experienced allows you to become more proficient in that art. I know some people use what's called the drop table in their, in their office. They use an activator for as part of their treatment. They use stretching. They use mobilization too as a form of an adjustment. Fine, if it works. If it works for that patient for you. So you have to have the patient give you feedback. How does that feel? How does that go? With chiropractic, because we're, we're affecting the nerve system, it should be an almost an immediate change in the body. If it's a nerve problem. So when I see this person, a patient for the first time, I want to see immediate response to what I'm doing. That's why it's a nerve problem, not a muscle problem, not a joint issue, not a torn muscle, something else going on. Okay. So that accounts for, pardon me for being a little bit crude, but a lot of the videos on YouTube that I've seen over the years mm -hmm. of chiropractic treatment where either immediate results are seen or especially after, I don't know the technical terms, so don't sure. come after me, but... I um, will come after you, Zaid. I, <laughs> I, I call it the ninja neck snap yeah. because... God, mm -hmm. it seems like it seems at the outset to a third party like you're going to kill someone. Literally, it's a, it's with a, that. Yeah, it's it's a very aggressive move and sensor is very fast. Part of the adjustment is a fast, if you want to call it a fast, short move, and then back to neutral. Okay. So the moves can be very quick. We almost have to slow down the camera to see it because that point the muscles don't tighten up in that process. Okay. And you do it when it's safe for something. When you've done it before someone else, blah, blah, blah. It's, you have to make sure it's safe. And a lot of people don't do that because they're not comfortable with it. They're not proficient in it. I do it because I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. That's one of my signature moves. My secret move, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, too late. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> and there's a move where people use a towel also. It's called the Y-strap. Some of that stuff is meant for dramatic effect. Anytime you distract the spine any way possible, make the low back and you move it from... From basically, you're, you're pulling the spine apart, distracting it, it's going to cause a cavitation, cause a pop. And people want to hear the pop. People mm -hmm. get addicted to the pop. So it allows more views, more attraction, more blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a way to market, and, but you still, and to be marketing in an in a ethical way, you have to go, okay, we're doing this for this. And, and some companies, corporations, even the state level, is very worried about the Y strap or some of those towel moves. Yeah, the so I don't do it. Yeah, my thing. Like, like Febreze, I, yeah. I, I read the the come up of Febreze initially. It didn't have that smell. Nope. It, but it worked. Like it would neutralize the odor, but no one was buying it until they added the pop factor, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. scent. People saw it as like the last finishing touch to a clean regimen, mm -hmm. yeah. and it's that's what started selling it. And can you have a great commercial like a video like that? Fantastic. I go, hey, good for them, because you're helping people get off medication. You're helping people get a good quality. Of but can you maintain that with that patient? Now that give them quality care, also educate them how to stay healthy at home, self care, so now they live a healthy life outside your office. Just based on gimmicks alone, I mean, my gut response just says no. Yeah, exactly. So you have to take the time to educate them through your office. I treat them, I, I tell them I treat you for maybe two take five minutes. We're gonna walk through exercises, give you home care to do, so the other care you're gonna do outside the office, that other 23 hours and 55 minutes a, a day is up to you. I make you responsible for your care so you get better and you feel the results. Gotcha. That's it. And you know, I do, 
I have to say, I do appreciate that you are putting so much of the care back in the patient's mm -hmm. hands because especially going back to the very beginning, I know we're kind of going full circle yeah, here, but fine. Yep. going back to you know the beginning of how chiropractic started and everything, I know that there have been a lot of uh, controversy surrounding that, especially in regards to clashes with public health. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, studies have come out. In fact, if I can just cite one, now keep in mind this study was done a long time ago from 97 until 2000, but just in California, the disciplinary stats did report almost five disciplinary actions. It was 4.5 uh, per thousand chiropractors annually. Now for MDs and DOs, it was still to a jerk about it. I did want to ask, you know, what's your response to these kinds of things? Do you think the community of chiropractors as a whole needs to kind of solidify their reputation and become a more respected faction of just this larger medical sphere or do you think the work is maybe incumbent on certain parties at this point and i agree with part of that too in the sense where it makes it very when you have that type of reputation of being if you want to call it because there's actually less and less every year that actually are becoming chiropractors because of that that just focus on their health care first and then do that on the other side mm -hmm. so when you start having that paradigm if you want to call that pet that uh, if you want to call that range of chiropractors near down I do chiropractic yes but that when you also cor you correlate your chiropractic practice with now you're also not wanting it vaccinated not fluorinated not hopefully not caffeinated because I love caffeine <laughs> I'm getting that group over there well okay. I'm with you on that so no, I don't right. think there's any debate yeah. good good we're all on that same page but if you can focus on one thing this is what we do and you do that on the side when you make that on your side job your primary job then people get confused. That confusion causes people to go, well, chiropractors all believe this. So why not just do treat people the way they be treated, they want to be treated, help them. This is, I, I've stayed in my, my wheelhouse all the time, and just, if people ask me, what do you believe about this politics, this thing, I'm like, I, I don't. I'm an, I say I'm an atheist on that topic. Mm. I, I avoid that. Because you're looking for you to pick a side. I, I, my, my office has been there since 1932, where I'm building I'm in now, in Upland. Um, we've been covered since 1980. We allow no political signs in front of our building off Foothill Nuclear, which is a main intersection. Anytime there's a political race, election, proposition, anything. We have no one's cards out front. We're just a chiropractic office. Yeah. Well, you're here to help. That's people. it. That's, that's, I, I, that's I don't the mission. Well, we have people from other offices in the area, even in Upland. This is a small little town. Because that doctor says, you don't believe in this political party, I'm not going to see you. If, if during the pandemic, they chose not to wear masks. Patients were not, were not, uh, didn't want that. They wanted to wear masks. They said, well, we're not going to wear masks. Sorry, patient. Respect your people. Just be human. Just be kind to people. You know, it doesn't have to be political, but whatever. Just be kind to people. You can do that. You understand. I'm being empathetic by wearing a mask because this person feels more comfortable. As, that. as a provider, I think that's yes, it's easy. under the job description. Exactly. Yes. Provide comfort. It's something hard to do. But when you have your own little political or personal blah, 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 and you put that above your patient care, then are you really being a healthcare provider? I, I believe no. No, no. I mean, it would seem self-evident that the answer would be no, but given how, again, 
with a lot of other topics that we're covering, yep. how much, in particular, politics has infiltrated it. Huge. You know, I think that that answer for a lot of people is definitely fuzzy. So, I hate to say it, but for us, no. But yeah. for other people, I think it's definitely less clear cut. You just, you, if you're there to help people, make sure you tell people you're here you're to help people. Okay, and that's, and I think when you just that's you put a period at the end, that's it. You know, when you have your other things here and there, and you're a small town, most chiropractors see their patients within 10 miles of their, of their office. At that point, people are going to find out what else you do and what you think. So you have to keep your, your reputation, your, if you want to call it, your professional reputation will be your personal reputation. Mm -hmm. If not, you're going to have a lot of kickback, a lot of um, personal, uh, if you want to call it, fight, and you're going to burn yourself out. Just be nice to people. How hard is it? I don't know. For some people, it's super hard. Yeah. It's so much work. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, so like I just said earlier, no. you know, for some people, unfortunately, harder than we may think. No. I, and for me, it's almost like, why waste your energy? Can you do something positive for people? Why is it that hard? You know? But again, if, if that's not, if you, it, it's who you surround yourself with, correct? Oh, of yeah. course. So if, you, if your group is like that, then, well, sorry, this is going to be what you're going to do. So when you find, and again, just by own personal belief, when you surround around, around yourself around people that actually are positive, looking to help you, you're looking to help them, at that point, that becomes the only way you think. And again, like habits, when you have good mental habits, good ways of thought and perspective, it should continue out through your whole day, your whole life, with whoever you're with. Yeah. If not, it's too much work for me. I, my brain doesn't work that way. Again, three, more than three-syllable words, I can't figure them out. <laughs> I mean, what it is, I mean, I'm also a product of my environment. Yes. Like, we are, I think most people are products of their environment, whether that be where you grew up, who you surround yourself in, the type of person you want to mm -hmm. carry yourself as. It's, it's all, it all ties together. I mean, when your environment, and when, because we're all over 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s, and sometimes 60s too, we control our environment now. We're not in our parents' home anymore. If you are, then I apologize. But you control <laughs> how you think. So you, you can't blame somebody else anymore. You can't blame a parent. You can't you can, but there's you should you shouldn't want to. You have choices now. So that's just me. That's just on my own soapbox I had. <laughs> well let me tell you, your soapbox is very much appreciated and again you can find out more of his soapbox issues, what he believes in, what he stands for, and most importantly how he treats his patients and how he advocates for them on his podcast, if you want to take a few seconds to plug that. Good. My podcast is Crooked Spine Show. Yeah. It'll be on the uh, on all podcast apps. Even if you go to my Euclid Chiropractic uh, YouTube page, uh, just YouTube and Euclid Chiropractic, E-U-C-L-I-D -E Chiropractic, uh, one word. At that point, you'll find the same podcast as a video form, too, along with all my other videos. I have like a thousand videos out there. I don't know what I have. I have a plethora of something. I don't know. Well, definitely, we're hoping to reach at some point. And again, just we can't thank you enough for doing this. Definitely yeah, one of the most so insightful much. that we've had so far. You're welcome. I think a lot of it is just to end on it too is just be nice to people. You know, when you are and you guys are in healthcare, you guys are you guys are brain surgeons eventually. Whatever you're going to do in your in your future endeavors is when you're nice people, people want to gravitate toward you. When you communicate well with them, they'll build you'll build that trust. So at that point, they'll want to come back and see you. And at that point, it makes it real easy to have a, uh, a caring healthcare profession, whatever it might be. Yeah. Gotcha. You're All right. Here. Be nice and be kind. Exactly. That's, That's all it comes down to.